You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. Well, it was okay. There was some really good stuff, some really nerdy stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, But this episode, uh, we will talk about uh, a few things going on in Bachelor Nation. A, a kind of a question that I have in regards to something in Bachelor Nation. We will talk about how I nerded out big time this weekend. We'll talk a little Taylor Swift, and then maybe we'll end it with some sports. And we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is also brought to you by Dame Products. As you know, Dame has the introductory vibrator, the dip. Whether the dip is your first vibrator or the toy that helps you rediscover what feels good for you, it's designed to be unintimidating and to encourage pleasure exploration without shame. So go to dameproducts.com, use promo code REALITYSTEVE to get 15% off your first order. That's dameproducts.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE. That gets you 15% off your first order. Also, this podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Now, we got a new code for this. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve599 and use code realitysteve599 to get $5.99 per meal on your first box and your first box ships free. So that's greenchef.com slash realitysteve599. Use promo code realitysteve599 to get $5.99 per meal on your first box and your first box ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get going. A couple things to get to in regards to The Bachelor. One thing that I saw at the end of last week, Jesse Palmer had it on his Instagram story. And I don't know if you know this, but there is something called the American Reality TV Awards. This is actually a thing. Anyway, that is this week. It's actually on Thursday, the 17th. Well, Jesse put in his Instagram story that he's going to be making a special appearance. The Bachelor, I believe it's the Bachelor in Paradise, or maybe it was the Bachelor Nation Instagram account ran it as well. It says, Jesse Palmer making special appearance November 17th for the Reality TV Awards. Well, there's no way that filming is done by this Thursday. We just had overnights last week to get to each woman having her final date, and then each woman have a day to meet Zach's family, and then a final rose ceremony date. They're not wrapping up filming by Thursday. So I just found that interesting, especially when it said special appearance. That makes me think it's going to be a pre-taped segment where he just recorded something, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I, there's just no way he can be live. The show's not going to be done. He's not going to be out of Thailand by November 17th, by this Thursday. So, um, But him promoting that, you'll see when the Reality TV Awards air that it's going to be a taped segment that he probably mailed in. But just thought you'd want to keep an eye out for that. Because, like I said, yeah, they're not going to be done by Thursday. Now, last week I said I was going to have your spoilers for you for Zach's season up through, you know, where we're at in filming. You know, up up through the final three. And... um I've got a lot of it. Remember I told you I had like everybody that went to uh, started traveling. I have everything there. 
I have everything in the Bahamas. And then I was just waiting to get some stuff in regards to London, Estonia, and Hungary. And I had a few things. I had a few dates, and I'm trying to piece who went home where. I have an idea, and I thought I'd have it by tomorrow, but it doesn't look like I'm going to. So probably still going to give you everything that I have. And then, like like I said, when this ultimately all comes out, you're just going to be literally filling in, well, who got eliminated in episode six? You know, I, I don't think that's a huge deal. You're going to be more curious about who is Zach engaged to at the end of this thing. That's to be the biggest thing. You know, what happened at the end and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's going to be probably two or three missing pieces or things I'm not 100% sure on. But I'll put it all out there for you tomorrow since I told you I would. And it'll be your spoilers. It'll be the answers to those questions that I had in a post a couple weeks back. A couple of the uh, introductions, the self-eliminations this season, what happened, what's some of the drama going on behind the scenes, stuff like that. But you will have as much as I can give you tomorrow, and that'll be up through the final three and kind of just go from there. Um, What was the other thing I was going to tell? Oh, so yesterday on social media, on her Instagram stories, Gabby put out there on her Instagram stories Basically telling everybody, I know you have questions. They will be answered tomorrow. Well, (laughs) I think we already know what that's going to be. And I'm guessing this means during her intro package to her dance tomorrow night, it's going to be Gabby talking about her breakup with Eric. Because the way she worded it, the way she phrased everything, the way she kind of seemed a little bit down a bit, I think it's pretty safe to assume tonight we're going to get during her video package some sort of explanation as to the breakup. I don't think she's going to go into detail. I think all of us could see basically what this is, which is she got really busy with Dance with the Stars and Eric got really busy surfing. I don't like I it's all he seems to do. So um but, you know, they couldn't make it work, I guess. Um, and that's going to be the end of their relationship. I don't think this is anything where they're trying to make it work and kind of seeing where things go and are going to revisit this when she's done. I just don't see it long term. I said it the day after the finale when Gabby started defending what Amanda, Eric's ex, said to the media and the stuff that she had released with her text messages. When Gabby basically took Amanda's side And said, yeah, he was an asshole. I would have said the same thing, too. I was like, okay, she's not all in on him. Um, And maybe it played a role. Maybe it doesn't. I don't think we'll ever get the answer to that. But the bottom line is, tonight during the episode, we're probably going to get our confirmation. Because she still hasn't said anything. You know, she didn't appear. She she appeared at the Women Tell All, but she didn't speak on the breakup, even though it was announced earlier that day during the taping. And then... The only people that have announced it have been the media sites, but they have no quotes from Gabby. Gabby and or Eric have not specifically posted on either of their Instagram stories or their Instagram feeds or released anything that said we are broken up. It has been people.com. It has been Us Weekly. But let me just say, people in Us Weekly aren't running with that if Gabby and Eric are happy and together and working on things. It's just not the case. So expect that tonight. And again, as I said last week with 
Dance with the Stars. I don't know what the theme is tonight, but whatever it is, it's not going to beat 90s night. It's the best night the show has ever had. It was the best show they ever had. It was the best music they ever had. And yes, I'm biased. So (laughs) have they ever even had an 80s night on that show? I don't even remember them having an 80s night. Maybe they did at one point, but 90s night literally has to be an annual thing. They always have a Disney night, and I get it. It's part of the Disney umbrella that the show is on, but can you give us a... If you can give us a Disney night every season, can you give us a 90s night every season, or at least a an 80s night? A, a year night that they can focus on, because... That was a great, great episode, and I hope they do it again next season. Pretty amazing to think that Dancing with the Stars used to have two seasons in a calendar year. Now it's just basically gone to one, and there hasn't been any sort of outcry. Now, I don't know if this means the show is on its way out. The fact that they moved it to streaming this season for the first time and we never really get to see streaming numbers. We have no idea how well the show is doing on streaming. I have no clue. I know that a lot of the, the heavy fan base that's been with the show for years is not thrilled with Tyla, Tyla, Tyra as the host of the show. I could care less. She does nothing for me. I do like the fact they've added Alfonso. and But let's face it, Tom Bergeron was the host of this show and was the backbone of the show. So when they went to Tyra, did I lose interest? Yeah, I still watched it and I watch it every season, but I can see why people are turned off by Tyra just because she seems to make it about her and the show is not about her, but she loves to make it about her. And unfortunately it's just, it's just not. So Hopefully we'll get to another season and who knows if they're going to make any more changes, but it looks like we won't get another season until probably next September. I don't think it's coming back in the spring. I really don't. All right. Anyone that's followed me for a long period of time knows how much of a nerd I am when it comes to back to the future, whether it's one, two or three, the trilogy itself, it just, it's such a major part of my life. I know so many, so much about that franchise, those movies. I even had on guests in the past talking about it on the podcast. And I really dug deep into that movie and that franchise and have even said during the course of, I guess, depending on which way the wind is blowing, sometimes... My favorite movie in the franchise is the first one. Sometimes it's the second one. Very few times it's the third one, but sometimes I like the third one better than I think I do. But I'm just a total geek when it comes to that movie and that franchise. I just am. It was part of my childhood. I saw it at 10 years old, and I just thought it was the greatest thing. You know, we one of the first movies I think I ever saw where... It talked about the future and what the future might look like, even though the first movie went back to the past. Well, anyway, I don't know if any of you that follow the movie or, you know, made the correlation this past weekend, but this past Saturday night or this past Saturday 
was November 12th, 2022. Well, do you know what happened 67 years earlier? November 12th, 1955. That was the day that Marty and Doc from 1955 had to concoct a plan to get him back to 1985. And that's when lightning struck the clock tower. So on that anniversary of 67 years to the day, even though it happened in a movie and it happened in real life, what do you think I did? Oh, of course, I watched the movie again. But how much of a nerd level do you think I took it to on Saturday? I'll give you five seconds of dead air for you to think of what you think I did <laughs> on Saturday. Me and a, me and a friend. I, I I want to include him in this too because him and I, you know, watch TV together. He's in uh, California. I'm obviously in Texas, and we'll you know we'll watch stuff at the same time together, and so we can text back and forth and whatnot. But what do you think I did Saturday night? Okay, that's about five seconds. Of course, I watched the movie. But what did I do? Now, granted, we're in two different time zones. So I was in Central. He's in Pacific. So we basically just went off Pacific time. And what we did was we saw at what point in the movie lightning struck the clock tower. And I believe it was one hour and 41 minutes into the movie. So we back-timed. <laughs> we back-timed one hour and 41 minutes and started the movie at the time it would be to where when it was 10.04 Pacific time, in real time, would be the scene in the movie where lightning strikes the clock tower. <laughs> Yes, we did that. Even though it wasn't raining in California, it wasn't raining in Texas, there was no lightning anywhere, we just thought, hey, pretty cool. Lightning striking the clock tower at 10.04 p.m., and it's 10.04 p.m. right now in California, where he was. For me, it was 12.04 p.m. It meant nothing. But yeah, that's what I did. Recorded it, sent it to my nephew, he thinks I'm ridiculous. Uh, I sent it uh, to my other friend, and he's just like, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we did. Oh, yeah, and by the way, we watched Back to the Future 2 last night. So once, you, once you watch one, you kind of got to watch two. They're basically, I mean, basically all three movies are one long movie. It's not three separate movies that have nothing to do with each other. It's literally a six-hour movie. But yeah, that's what I did. Also this weekend, I saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Man, uh, there were a couple scenes in there that were really tough to watch. Just because of the Chadwick Boseman aspect of it. Very emotional. Um, good movie. Really good. I know it's I, there's some people out there that are like kind of taking shots at it online and well, we want this and we want this and uh, it's just just enjoy it for what it was. Like I said, I came to the MCU world very late and I watched all the movies literally every night for 
30 straight days or whatever it was, however many movies were in phase one. And so they all kind of ran together for me. But I do remember Black Panther standing out, and I really liked that one. And this one I liked just as much. I really enjoyed it. And the scenes, I'm not going to spoil anything, but obviously they reference T'Challa. They reference Chadwick Boseman. Um, And it's just, you know, this is a guy that had colon cancer and kept it quiet for four years. Never told anybody outside of, you know, those close to him. Because when he died of colon cancer, everyone was like, I didn't even know he was sick. I mean, there was stuff online that were like, wow, he looks skinny and stuff like that. But nobody knew he was sick. He had not come out and said, I am, I've been diagnosed with colon cancer. I'm fighting this. It was just kind of sprung on everybody when we found out he died. And then we had realized he had told those close to him. And a lot of people close to him knew he was battling it. But the public, we had no idea. So, man, that was tough. Uh, watching the movie, uh, I really liked it. I really liked the direction it was. Ryan Coogler's an excellent, excellent director. And if you if you like the first one, I think you'll like this one. And definitely a couple really moving scenes in regards to King T'Challa. So uh, Wakanda forever. Go see it if you can. Tomorrow's a big day because Taylor Swift has her verified pre-sale tickets or Capital One, whatever's available to people to purchase for her concert. Those are face value tickets. The bottom line is your chances of getting those are slim and none. I think there's like a 5% chance that you actually get them. But because of the markets out there, the ticket masters, the stub hubs, the seat geeks, anybody can go to any concert they want because there's always going to be tickets available to a concert because somebody's looking to sell and make a profit. So even if you don't get on the face value tickets for Taylor Swift, you can still go. She added 17 more dates. She's having a 52-city U.S. tour in a span of five months. This is going to be a big one. You're going to have plenty of opportunities. 52 concerts she's doing in the United States starting in March and ending in August. But it's just a matter of what you're willing to pay. And... It's not going to be cheap. I mean, you are going, especially if you don't get a face value ticket, you are paying a minimum $450 to $500, and that's to sit top deck at any of the stadiums. And once again, this is a stadium tour. So you're going to be sitting in a football stadium at the top deck for $500 minimum if you don't get a face value ticket. It's just the way concerts are now, which is crazy because I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. Back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s, When someone announced a concert and you had to go get tickets, you literally had to go to a ticket box office and stand outside. And when the tickets became available, whoever was there got to buy the tickets. Now everything's done online. It's given to brokers. It's given to family. It's given to family. It's given to friends. It's given to um, event people. It's just the whole thing is different now. There's obviously ridiculous surcharges. It sucks, but it's just the way things have gone now. But, I'll be going, and I'm probably going to be going to more than one of her concerts. I'm just determining where and when. Obviously, she's in Dallas April 1st and April 2nd. I'm going to be going to one of those. And then I haven't determined where else I'm going, but I'm definitely going to probably go to another city. And finally, wrap this up. College football over the weekend. My picks were bleh. 
you know, I said, I actually screwed it up on Friday. I had Baylor playing Kansas and Texas Tech playing Kansas State. It was flipped. But if you listened to me, you knew I liked Texas Tech and Baylor. It didn't matter who they were playing. I was basically, it was a bet against Kansas because they had clinched a bowl bid for the first time since 2008 the week before. I figured their season was a success already in their book. And after coming off that, they weren't going to be ready to get up for another game. And they weren't. They got killed by Texas Tech. Uh, the Baylor one was just a complete wipeout. I, I Most people were on the wrong side of that one. Most people had Baylor, if you talk to in the industry, and Baylor got trounced. 31-3 by K-State. So now it looks like TCU is going to play K-State in the Big 12 championship. And then I split. I you know I mentioned that I did like TCU plus the seven, even though I knew they were a public dog because they had beaten Texas seven of the ten times since they had moved to the Big 12. But I don't think anybody would have predicted a 17-10 to game. I mean, my gosh. Really? <laughs> Three nothing at halftime with TCU in Texas? Like, that was... So, yeah, that game didn't come close, uh, obviously, to going over. But some shakeups. UCLA lost. Oregon lost. So now, if you're Tennessee, you're looking really good because Tennessee is going to steamroll their last two games, and they're going to finish 11-1 and in the SEC with their one loss being to the number one team in the nation on the road. So if Michigan and Ohio State, obviously they're, one of them is going to win and one of them is going to lose. Georgia's probably going to win out. They're not going to lose to LSU in the SEC championship game, you wouldn't think. So Georgia's going to be one. The Michigan-Ohio State winner is going to be number two. I think you have a chance at a Pac-12 champion being in the top four, but it would have to be SC, and they'd have to run the table, which means beat UCLA this week, beat Notre Dame the following week, and win the Pac-12 championship. I don't know how easy that's going to be because if they don't do it, that means everyone in the Pac-12 has got two losses. And... A two-loss team has never made the college football playoff. And I guarantee the first two-loss team, if they ever take one, is not going to be from the Pac-12 because they are completely overlooked by the college football playoff committee. So now you're looking at Georgia 1, Ohio State-Michigan winner 2. I think TCU, if they run the table, they've got a chance. I mean, their toughest game was supposed to be Texas and at Texas and at Baylor. Well, Baylor just lost at home by four touchdowns. So TCU going to Baylor this week, can they win? Of course they can. Baylor just proved they can shit down their leg at home. (laughs) 31-3, my gosh. They were terrible. So TCU has a chance, and then I think your fourth spot's probably going to go to an 11-1 Tennessee team. Unless Ohio State-Michigan is so close that they don't want to drop either of them out of the top four and the loser of Ohio State-Michigan stays in that four. I guess it's possible, but still a lot of football to be played. We'll see how it plays out, but I I think you're looking at uh, even – I really think you got three teams fighting fighting for two spots. Tennessee, the Ohio State-Michigan loser – and a possible 12-1 and Pac-12 champion with SC. But if SC loses to UCLA this week, Notre Dame next week, or in the Pac-12 championship, they're out. And then I think – and then you got TCU as well. TCU has a chance. So it's going to be an interesting last few weeks in college football. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Tomorrow, like I said, I'll have your spoilers for you as much as I can give you up through the final three and that'll be in the column, and I'll talk about it a little bit on the podcast. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!